Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported. That means we truly depend on you in order to bring this resource to you. If you don't already support us financially, you could do so. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. You'll see our three friendly yellow buttons there. One says donate. The other says join our crew. The other says become a patron. Click on one of them and fill that out. If you'd like to support us the traditional way, you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith and send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. It's time for another edition of Fighting for the Faith. Monday, April 29th, 2019. That's right, new episode of Fighting for the Faith, the podcast. Talk about what we're up to and what you can expect moving forward. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Rosebro. I am your servant in Jesus Christ, and this is the program that dishes up a daily dose of biblical discernment. Yes, we're back to the daily dosage of biblical discernment. Yeah, that's right. What we do here is we compare what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God, and we compare and contrast with the most popular Pastors, preachers, teachers, conference speakers, self-proclaimed prophets, prophetesses, self-appointed apostles and apostolettes, and those generally put forward by the evangelical industrial complex as those whom we need to be listening to, whose books we need to be buying, and whose small group curricula we should be studying instead of the Word of God. Yeah, weird how that works. Over and again, we demonstrate that the steady diet of doctrine, that's teaching that's put forward for consumption by the average evangelicals, far from biblical, far from what God's Word says. It's not even close, really, honestly. And uh, we try to help you by showing you where the, the reefs are, where the shoals are, where to, so that you don't shipwreck your faith. But even more than that, we we give you samples of what good biblical teaching and preaching sounds like so that you can do the comparison work to figure out if you're going to a good church or a bad church, if your pastor is faithfully administering his duties in the pastoral office of preaching and proclaiming God's word rightly, has he studied and showed himself approved, or is he somebody who is not qualified to be a pastor who is leading people astray, including himself? Our program helps you do that. Now, we took a little bit of a hiatus from the podcast and we have been working behind the scenes, kind of re-envisioning what fighting for the faith looks like, sounds like, uh, moving forward. Over the last year, we've uh, been experimenting and uh, in expanding into YouTube. And one of the things that we've been uh, quite shocked at and actually pleasantly surprised is how well uh, the fighting for the faith segments have done on YouTube. And so it's a matter of sitting back and, you know, kind of thinking, all right, moving forward, how are we going to do this? We want to continue producing the podcast. We want to continue producing uh, YouTube videos. But one of the things I've been wanting to do for a long time 
is uh, begin to develop uh, in-depth teaching on biblical topics or on bigger on bigger topics that, that are going to take multiple multiple uh, weeks to do. It, it's it's kind of like uh, the video version of uh, Roseboro's Ramblings, but a lot more focused. And so uh, we've been putting pen to paper. I've been well, actually, it's more like a digital pencil to iPad or you know something like that. Kind of reworking, rethinking, and reimagining what we're going to be doing. And so what we're going to do for the podcast moving forward, and uh, let me kind of explain. We're going to keep producing the podcast, and much of the content that, in fact, almost all of the content that you hear or see on YouTube will make it into the podcast itself. There'll be a little bit of overlap. And then my intention is is that there will be other resources available in the podcast that you can't get on YouTube. And so that some of that will show up in the uh, in the episodes. Some of them will uh, you know show up in other ways. But you'll you'll kind of see how this plays out. And one of the things that we've decided to do, rather than making fighting for the faith you know a standard two hour format with um, with a sermon review in the second hour, uh, we've we've really done the research and note that a lot of people tune out. Uh, for the uh, the sermon reviews after the first hour, and so it's not reaching as many people as it has in the past. And so what we're going to do is what we're we're going to change the format of fighting for the faith. So it's going to roughly be an hour ish. You know, five days a week, it'll be a roughly an hour ish. I say that because uh, I have the freedom to not have to stick to particular hard. Uh, you know, breaks and things like that that other people do when they uh, you know, broadcast on traditional radio stations. So what we're going to do then is, um, you know, several days a week we'll have episodes where we're looking at what people are saying, comparing it to the in the name of God to the Word of God. You know, doing the segments that we normally do in the first hour. What one of the things we're going to do then is once a week we're going to take a sermon. And we're going to review it in the in the one hour that we have for the program, and really spend some time in depth working on those sermons and why they're bad. We'll continue to have uh, the, you know the good preaching and teaching segments, the you know, the light episodes, you know traditionally as they've done it. But moving forward, we're going to try to have fighting for the faith be a lot more laser focused, so that uh, we can free up some of our production time. We're fully developing other resources, uh, you know, in the pirate Christian media universe, if you would. And so, uh, you know, and, you know, th- th- all of that being said, some of you are saying, Roseboro, you weren't here last week. What about the worst Easter sermon of the year contest? Now, a little bit of a note. We will be having the worst Easter sermon of the year contest. But because of my my schedule and because of our production limitations, we're going to hold the worst Easter sermon of the year contest uh, at the week of uh, starting. What May thirteenth is, I believe, is when that is. So May thirteenth will be when we do that. So if you have a submission that you would like for consideration for the worst Easter sermon of the year contest, this is something that we've done in the past, and we will continue doing moving forward. That being the case, if you would like to submit somebody for consideration for this year's Worst Easter Sermon of the Year contest, which will begin on May 13th, then uh, send me an email at talkback at fightingforthefaith.com and in the subject line say Worst Easter Sermon of the Year contest, and uh, and that way we will preview it 
and the best of the worst or the worst of the best. Yeah, you, know, you know what I'm saying? The worst, it's the worst of the worst, really. <laughs> the best of the worst. I'm confusing myself. We'll, we'll make its way into the contest for your consideration. So uh, if you were thinking, where is our, where is our worst Easter sermon of the year contest? Fear not. We are having it. Now, also another note I want to note, and that is, is that uh, we are having a pirate Christian radio. It, it, it's technically a conference, but here's the thing. It's free. It's free to attend. And, um, we want as many people as uh, are able to uh, come. And it's going to be on August 9th and August 10th of this year. And it's going to be in the United Kingdom, in Wales, in the town of Swansea. And we'll, we'll be holding the uh, Pirate Christian Radio Conference at uh, a Siloam Church in Swansea in the United Kingdom. We're going to have a, a page for you to register for this free conference. Now, I'm going to be speaking at it. Pastor Gervais Nicholas Edward Charmley has uh, agreed to be one of our speakers. Uh, we're going to be uh, having Carrie Ferguson uh, from Australia coming to the United Kingdom for the conference. And I, I have another uh, one, maybe two other speakers that uh, we'll, we will be featuring at this year's Pirate Christian Radio Conference. It is two days August 9th and August 10th in Swansea in the United Kingdom. Now, a little bit of a note. Presently, we do not have any discounts on on hotel rooms or things like that. So, uh, you know, if you want to book your trip and get that locked in, now is the time to do it. And uh, and uh, we'll get a we'll get a website up, a web page up in the next week or so where you can you can register for free. And there, there will be no child care for this particular conference, so keep that in mind. But uh, you know, we're going to keep it limited to about a hundred to a hundred and twenty attendees. So uh, you know, attending is going to be a, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be a, an opportunity for us to meet with uh, you know our fighting for the faith listeners and supporters. Uh, in uh, in Western Europe, of course, if you wherever you live, if you want to come to Swansea, it's a it's beautiful that time of the year. Uh, we'd love to see you. So make plans to uh, attend the Pirate Christian Radio Conference August 9th and tenth in Swansea in the United Kingdom. Now, all of that being said, let's talk about what we're going to do on today's episode of Fighting for the Faith. We're going to have two segments today in our new modified uh, format. We're going to begin with a Prophetic Holy Orders Network Information Exchange Syndicate update, and we're going to do a twin spin, and we're going it, to, it's even going to be a trifecta. But uh, we're going to start with um, <clears throat> a, a, a segment that I've titled Nagging Prophecies. We're going to be hearing from Cindy Jacobs. We're going to be hearing from Jennifer LeClaire. And uh, all I can say is, is that your ears may be bleeding after that, 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 seg that segment. We'll take a break, and then when we come back from the break, we're going to take a hard look at Charlie Shomp. This is a fellow who is up and coming in the NAR and in the charismatic uh, ranks as somebody who's considered to be a valid prophet, and he is a sleazeball. I'm sorry if you're offended by the term, but that is the most accurate way to describe this fellow and he is a manipulator extraordinaire. He is not hearing from God. This man is a blasphemer. And we're going to spend uh, the second half of the program 
really doing an in-depth look at one of his most recent so-called prophecies where he manipulates uh, the book of Revelation chapter 4 and uh, and just makes a mess and d- demonstrates that he doesn't even know he does not even know Greek at all and and this guy is is just making stuff up in order to make a buck cuz that's really what he's about he's all about the money So that will be today's episode of Fighting for the Faith. Strongly recommend you make yourself comfortable. We've got a lot of ground to cover, and even in our modified format. So uh, brace yourselves. Let's get to it. Here we go. Hallelujah. Get up right now. Robert Tilden, Hubaba Kanda. We're heading over to the General's uh, website. Uh, this is the website for Cindy Jacobs, and then we'll head over to YouTube. And uh, brace yourself. Uh, have you ever thought that, uh, you know, that uh, when you listen to some of these prophecies by today's so-called prophetesses, that you're being nagged to death by God? Well, <laughs> if you've never experienced that, you're in for uh, just a supremely awesome experience as uh, God is going to nag you through <clears throat> the so-called prophetess Cindy Jacobs, and and for good measure, we'll even throw in some Jennifer Leclaire from her video blog uh, from her recent trip to the Philippines, which was apparently in fulfillment of a prophecy that was given by Chuck Pierce. How one fulfills a non-lucid prophecy, I have no idea how that's done. But uh, let's head over to thegenerals.org. Here is Cindy Jacobs. The Lord says, my children, didn't I tell you not to let your dreams die? Oh, boy. (laughs) The Lord says, didn't I tell you not to let your dreams die? What were you thinking letting your dreams die? I told you, and I'm God, and I told you not to let your dreams die. Oh, boy. And the Lord says, some of you are stuck because you have just said, well, that dream is gone. Didn't I say there was a convergence of dreams? Didn't I say? Did he? Did God say there would be a convergence of dreams? Where did he say that? I missed the memo. Yeah, just maybe she released it on the Internet somewhere. Yeah, this is this is awful. I, I'm backing this up. Let's try this again. I'm a glutton for punishment today. Uh, let's... Uh, <laughs> Let's just re-experience this awfulness together, shall we? We'll call it therapy. The Lord says, my children, didn't I tell you not to let your dreams die? And the Lord says, some of you are stuck because you have just said, well, that dream is gone. Didn't I say there was a convergence of dreams? Didn't I say that there were prayers that you have prayed that are all coming together? Didn't I say? Didn't I say? Didn't I tell you to clean your room? (laughs) 
kind of prophecy is this? And I just want to say, I feel an admonition from the Lord that many heard it, but you didn't really believe it. And the Lord shows me that there are people, many people. And yeah, why should we believe any word coming out of your mouth, Cindy, is a word of the Lord. And, and the body of Christ today that are heart sick and your heart is so full of unbelief. You've gotten to a place. Yeah, see, there's a see the reason why I don't believe that Cindy Jacobs is hearing from God is because I'm heart sick. Pray for me, God. I'm just heart sick, and I just don't receive these words like a child. You know, no, no, no. I, I'm heart sick. Actually, I have no biblical reason to believe any of this is from God. Where the spirit of unbelief has overcome you. And so I just want to say, Oh no, I'm overcome by the spirit of unbelief. What do I do? <laughs> See, that's her explanation. See, the Lord told you there would be a convergence of dreams, but no, no. The reason why you didn't believe is because you, your heart's sick. Yeah. And you have a spirit of unbelief. <laughs> you, if you had known this, you wouldn't have given up on your dream because God said there'd be a convergence of stuff and thingies yeah <laughs> oh my say in the name of jesus we bind and break the spirit of unbelief and we oh i felt i felt some things break right there yeah <laughs> that was your sanity breaking there it, what was left of it cindy and the lord says there's nothing too hard for me so the lord says if you stay stuck then it will be because you did not apply my principles. Right. The principles delivered to Cindy Jacobs. Yeah, see, you're stuck because you didn't, your spirit of unbelief didn't last you, allow you to embrace the, the convergence dream thingy and don't give up on your dream thingy revelation that she, you know, that God gave to her. And I remember even giving a word about binding the spirit of delay. I asked. Is that what is that, that is? I thought it was just procrastination. No, it's a spirit of delay. Aha! I actually was on the phone the other day. Yeah, I know you'll believe this. Waiting to get an answer from a credit card company. And I was just fidgeting. And I was just saying, oh, I'm so tired of waiting. And it was like the Holy Spirit touched me on the shoulder and said, you know you have authority over this. So I bound that spirit of delay. I said. <laughs> so there she was. She was in. Voicemail prison, you know, you know, the labyrinth that all these corporations have set up banks and other institutions, you know, if you would like to talk to somebody in English, press one, if not press two. Yeah, you've reached the English portion of this. Now, if you'd like to speak to a banker, uh, if you'd like to, you know, if you'd like to do this, that or the other, press one, two or th and there she is. And, and, and so she hits all of her buttons and and then she gets the elevator music and uh, and she's just sitting there. So what does she do? The Lord says, hey, you know what, Cindy? Yeah, you have authority over this. <laughs> so I bind the spirit of delay that has overcome Bank of America's voicemail system. And blabbo, she's right on. She's Now she's talking to a banker. Really? R really? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Said, boss, to stop it. And...
I'm telling you that agent came on right away. Another thing like that had happened to me where, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I was late. We weren't taking off and we'd actually waited on the tarmac for an hour. And it was the same thing. The Lord goes, now look, there's a weather problem. You can take care of that. (laughs) (laughs) Did he come over the intercom? Yeah. Thanks for flying uh, Delta Airlines today. Um, I'm going to be handing over the microphone to uh, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Uh, he has a word for Cindy Jacobs. Cindy, uh, yeah, so on comes Jesus. You know, <laughs> hi, this is Jesus. And uh, Cindy, what, what are you waiting for, man? You know, uh, you have authority over this. And uh, you are capable of just decreeing and declaring and making the weather clear up so that you can finally take off. I mean, it's up to you, Cindy, please. You know, exercise your authority and your power here. And there's a problem going on right now with delays. So why don't you just bind, take authority over the weather that where you're going to fly. And She's a weather warrior. Oh, boy. Bind the spirit of delay. So I used those tools that God had given me. And so what happened? Well, what happened was that, that the pilot got on and said, oh, I want to tell you, the weather patterns have changed. All of a sudden, man. And then the second thing he said is, oh, and we're not going to be delayed any longer. She, she defeated that spirit of delay because the convergence thingy and, the, and God talking directly to her and stuff and stuff. We will make up the time. Now, I want to say to you, there is a, that spirit of delay. It's stopping your dreams. It's stopping. Oh, no! This is worse than the devourer, man. There's a spirit of delay out there stopping my dreams. Gasp! You know, biblical Christianity, which this is not, whatever she's, you know, spewing here, this is not biblical Christianity. Biblical Christianity, the the um, adversary is known as the devil, and uh, he's not really interested in destroying your dreams. No, he's interested in destroying you, and taking your puny little carcass and throwing it into the fires of hell along with himself on the day of judgment. So we have, in biblical Christianity, we have something a little more dangerous to worry about than the spirit of delay. Stopping this convergence. So the Lord says, I want you to be spiritually astute. Get to it. God's cracking the whip here. You better start getting spiritually astute, you know. Like I said, this is a nagging prophecy. I don't want you to just let life pass you by and just say, oh, this is a natural thing when we live in two kingdoms, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. The kingdom of darkness wants to stop your dreams, stop you from advancing. And the <laughs> I'm pretty sure the dominion of darkness has bigger plans than <laughs> stopping your dreams or my dreams. Yeah. <laughs> Dream warfare going on down there, Dominion of Darkness. we got to stop all those dreams going on. The kingdom of light wants you to go forward, and God's power wants you to go forward. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, that we are going to accept and we're going to believe that nothing is impossible. There is a dream convergence going on. Really? Is it happening in Sedona? You know, one of those astral projectional portals that they have there there is restitution going on there is favor going on and lord we receive it and we receive the spiritual intelligence um yeah you're just stupid because you haven't received the spiritual intelligence that's why you didn't embrace the uh, dream convergence
thingy. Uh, that spiritual quotient that we need to have, the SQs of our life, and the Lord's. We need a spiritual quotient. Says you have emotional quotients, you have character quotients, but I want you to come up higher in the spirit realm. Would you get to it already? Man, God's nagging me right now. Actually, it's not God because God ain't speaking to her, but but you know what I mean. And understand really what is happening around you. And the Lord has said that if you will do that, you're going to see the promises of God just begin to be answered over and over. There you go. So Cindy Jacobs is filling in for Vonda Brewer now, and she's uh, become an egging prophetess. Now, uh, recently, uh, Jennifer LeClaire um, made a trip to the Philippines. And uh, I'll ex- let her explain kind of in two parts of this video blog vlog of hers posted on her YouTube account why she was there. All right, it's officially day one in the Philippines. Day one, count them one. There's only two days, two days, two days. This trip is in fulfillment, partial fulfillment of a prophetic word from Chuck Pierce over my life that I will go in. <laughs> Chuck Pierce gave a prophecy over you, over your life. Uh, Every prophecy I've ever heard Chuck Pierce utter was complete word salad. And none of it made even any lucid sense whatsoever. We've covered that a few times here on uh, the YouTube edition of Fighting for the Faith in the Cuckoo Banana Town. Look it up in our archives. But, uh, okay... Went to believe it's 37 cities to raise up troops to throw Jezebel off a wall in the Philippines. Is <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my! So um, Chuck Pierce said you need to go to the Philippines <laughs> to throw Jezebel off a wall in the Philippines. Yeah, I'm going to back that up. I, I, glutton for punishment, want to hear that again. Fulfillment, partial fulfillment of a prophetic word from Chuck Pierce over my life that I would go into, believe it's 37 cities to raise up troops to throw Jezebel off a wall in the Philippines is one of my assignments. So, today- so she's there as part of her assignment to throw Jezebel off a wall. Today, we're going to talk about some uh, realities of Jezebel tomorrow. I've never done this before. I'm actually going to. You're not going to talk about any of the realities of Jesus. You know, something he's actually taught, you know, open up a biblical text and rightly handle it and proclaim repentance and the forgiveness of sins or something like that. Talk about getting the Jezebel out of you. And so uh, hopefully you practice what you preach there, Jennifer. I've never done this before in this way, but tomorrow's going to be a very special day. And tonight, well, God knows what will happen tonight, but stay tuned as we go through this very short trip. Take a look at the uh, view outside my room. All right, so that's part one of her video blog on this. Uh, Let's uh, check in with part two. All right, good morning, Philippines. It's day two, day one, day two. We only have two days here in the Philippines. We're going in really breaking covenant with Jezebel, breaking inner vows. I don't usually teach this from this perspective, but this is what the Lord had led me to do. Listen, breaking covenant with Jezebel and breaking inner vows. What on earth does that even mean? Where in the scripture is this taught? I mean, granted, the word Jezebel appears in the Old Testament and in the New. Um, but there's none of this teaching associated with her name when it appears in either the Old or the New Testament. 
And I need you to hear this. If you have making, made inner vows, if you, if you have, if you have making inner vows, yeah, is, yeah, Misa making inner vows with Jezebel. I must throw her off a wall. You have said things like, I will never let someone hurt me again. I will always, I will never, these always never statements, these emphatic endorsements of what you will and will not do without consultation of the Lord. They allow spirits to forge alliances, allegiances, and covenants with you. You are sin. Where in the Bible does it say that if I say something to the effect of, I will never let myself be abused again, you know, that, that when you say those words, that, uh-oh, now you've made a vow and entered into covenant with Jezebel. Where does it say that in the Bible? The answer, by the way, to the question is, it never says that nowhere. It doesn't say it anywhere in the Bible. This is not a biblical teaching. So she traveled halfway across the world to go to the Philippines in fulfillment of a... <laughs> Chuck Pierce prophecy, which when he speaks, when he is prophetically, I can never tell what on earth he's talking about. Uh, and so how do you fulfill a completely non-lucid prophecy by a man who's incapable of lucid thought? I have no idea. And so you fly all the way around the world and you're not going to tell him about Jesus. You're going to tell him, have you ever said, I'll never be abused? You've just... You've just cut a covenant with Jezebel. I'm going to teach you how to throw her off a wall. Yeah, talk about a waste of a trip. Essentially making a pact with the devil to protect you. I want to encourage you. What? You made a pact with the devil to protect you when you said something like that? Let me back that up. Ever statements, these emphatic endorsements of what you will and will not do without consultation of the Lord. They allow spirits to forge alliances, allegiances, and covenants with you. You are essentially making a pact with the devil to protect. Where does it say that in the Bible? By the way, you can find this teaching regarding, you know, making a vow with the devil. You can find it in the same portion of scripture that teaches us to pray to the Virgin Mary. Yeah, good luck finding that portion. It don't exist. Protect you. I want to encourage you to break inner vows. We've got teachings on this on ahop.tv. I'm going around the... ahop.tv. Okay. Country teaching inner healing, uh, and we are going to... You're teaching inner healing rather than... You know, actual repentance and the forgiveness of sins. Got it. Press into this more in the next season of my ministry. Inner healing so important. There was an inner healing movement uh, many, many years ago. Uh, yeah, Pigs in the Parlor is the uh, definitive book on that. And uh, again, the inner healing assumption is that, you know, the reason why, you know, you're struggling with alcoholism is that you, you have a spirit of drunkenness. The reason why... Uh, you 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 cheated on your spouse is because you have a spirit of adultery. The reason why you uh, you cheated on your taxes is because you have the spirit of uh, of theft. Yeah, and so and so we're gonna perform inner healing on you, and we're gonna cast out the demon of of fear and and theft and and uh, adultery and and the spirit and all and and, and we're we're gonna release and then you can experience inner healing. Again, not anywhere taught in scripture. Yeah, this and you know, even if you locked up all of the demons, you know, put them in a put them in the abyss, close the door, you know, 
humans would still sin grievously. There would still be murder and adultery and gossip and slander and, and, uh, and theft and all this other kind of stuff. Why? Because we have a sinful nature. Even as Christians, we still have a sinful nature that wars against the new person that we are in Christ. And so you don't need to experience, you know, casting out of demons via inner healing and stuff like that. This is just, again, it, these portions, you know, this, this doctrine of inner healing, it's taught in that same passage of Scripture, which talks about making vows that, you know, bind you to the, the devil and to Jezebel. And also in that section is the, uh, the section on uh, prayers to the Virgin Mary. Yeah, These are man-made doctrines. These are myths. This is not Christianity. This isn't sound doctrine. None of this is true. Some people got goofy with it. Some people still get goofy with it. But there's a biblical precept, concept, and mandate for inner healing. Spirit, soul, and body, all of us. God wants us all to be healed completely, 100%. And doing inner healing, pigs in the parlor style, ain't going to accomplish that. Emotional trauma, demons, physical ailments, it's all provided for in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I pray. Yeah, could you tell me what the gospel of Jesus Christ is? I'd like to get your take on that. Pray right now in Jesus' name that the Lord will remind you of any inner vows that you have. Uh, yeah. Have you created an inner vow with Jezebel and the devil? Oh, Lord, we need you to remind us of them so that we can chop them up and slice them off. Come into that you have spoken out of your mouth and that he would lead you to renounce them for his glory and for your healing. Yeah, this is not the same thing as repenting of actual sins. Notice that, you know, oh, my real problem is, is that I, I need inner healing. And I, I've uh, unintentionally created inner vows with, with Jezebel and stuff and stuff. And I better, oh, Lord, help me remember those th times when I've said, oh, I remember that one time now. Oh, yeah. And see, this is not the same thing as actually preaching God's law and convicting people of real sins, real transgressions against the holy God, and then proclaiming Jesus Christ as crucified for those sins, risen from the grave for our justification. See, the solution isn't Jesus here. The solution is, this is like witch doctor quackery. I mean, this is more akin to voodoo than it is to anything Christian. In Jesus' name. Day two. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, ho hopefully you found that helpful. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the things we do here at Fighting for the Faith is we, uh, we warn people about where the, uh, where the reefs are so they don't shipwreck their faith. And so that's one of the reefs. Stay away from the reef of Cindy Jacobs and the reef of Jennifer LeClaire. These, these will completely shipwreck your faith and destroy all of your precious cargo, yeah, just just saying. So avoid these these shoals, avoid these these reefs. You don't want to you don't want to sail your ship anywhere near those two. So, all right, we're up on our only break. That's right, we have one break now, and uh, when we return, we're gonna do an in depth look at the recent prophecy by Charlie Shomp. Guy is, by the way, a sleazeball, and you're gonna that at the end of the segment. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com or you could subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash pirate Christian. Follow me, Twitter, money in there at pirate Christian. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
No sneaky squid spirit formed against us will prosper. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. I've had enough of this sissy, frenzy, turning photo-written music you have the audacity to call worship. Men, put this entire girly praise band in the boo box. Let's wheel in the organ and get some real worship music underway. Ye be listening to Pirate Christian Radio. are they flying? They're flying the code orange flag. It's the SSF Audacity. This is our chance, men. This egregious foe has been plaguing the seas for long enough. Two arms! Man the battle stations and hoist the colors. Aye, aye, sir. Man the battle stations and hoist the colors. Man drummer and man battle station. Aye, aye, sir. You heard the man. Get to work. Come on, keep going. The enemy's not going to wait for us. Put your back to your legs. Come on, get those fighters. Get them wheeled out. No warning and no play. Come on, let's get go, 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 go. Captain, sir, they're turning to meet us. With this clear weather, we couldn't have had the element of surprise. Well, no matter. We have the wind on our side and our men are ready. We should be pulling up alongside them any minute now. Give me a status report! Sir, the enemy ship has us outgunned by at least three to one. The gunner's mates are reporting that we're running low on gunpowder and half the crew is suffering from Montezuma's revenge. Never fear, my good man, for it says that with God we shall do valiantly. It is he who will tread down our foes. If you say so, Captain Furtick. They're now within firing range, Captain. Mr. Smithers, send them a... Hang on, let me do this myself. Send them a warning shot off of their port bow. Fire the cannons, I, sir! That was merely a warning shot, Captain. They could have very well have hit us. I think they wished for us to surrender to avoid bloodshed. Nonsense! You think we would surrender in an hour of triumph? 
God has clearly stated that no weapon formed against you will prosper. We can't lose. Let loose the cannons. But, but we're not within silence. If I wanted your opinion, I'd have given it to you. I say, fire! I've never seen a warning shot where they used all their cannons before. The blasted fool shot before he was in range. I can only assume that he means to not surrender. Quickly fire a barrage into the port side while they reload. Aye, aye, sir. Fire the cannons! Ha! You call that an attack? I have God on my side. He said this to me, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. Why, why are we firing our cannons? We've now lost half our cannons due to the last attack. Come on, men. We can't lose. Aye, aye, sir. Are they even trying anymore? By all accounts, I believe they are. Let's pull up alongside and see if we can't reason with them. It would be bad form to slaughter them without mercy. Hello, over there! Go away! We have nothing to say to you! I wanted to negotiate the terms of your surrender. My surrender? It is you who will be surrendering to us. What on earth is he talking about, Captain? Maybe he's suffering from malnutrition and heat stroke? No, I, I think he's serious. Now look here. You're outgunned with no way of winning. We wish to show you mercy. No weapon formed against us will prosper. Why is he quoting the Bible? No, a quote would require a context. What he's done is called proof texting. Enough talk, men. Ready, aim, What was that? I couldn't hear you over the sound of your mass being demolished. But, but, uh, no! In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Oh, would you look at that? Your rudder is gone, too. <clears throat> It'll be a little difficult for you to sail without it, don't you think? I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Is it me? Or is your ship now sinking? Nah, maybe it is me. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. If it's all the same to you, I think we've lost this fight. I'm surrendering. Geronimo! Safety with you. I can't take another minute with this lunatic. Stop it! Stop it right now! All of you come back! We, we, we can't lose! We have... God on our side. We shall prevail. We will. Well, that was surprisingly easy. Makes me wonder how they were even viewed as a threat in the first place. Most inept sailors to ever sail the seven seas.
Hi, Chris Rosebro here to talk about our longtime featured advertiser, Cheapo Air. Doesn't matter if you're traveling for business reasons or for pleasure. Doesn't matter if you're traveling within the United States or abroad. Cheapo Air is the place for you to save literally hundreds of dollars on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. On the side of our website, you'll see our ad banners. Look at the ad banner for Cheapo Air and look on it. There's a promo code. Write the promo code down. Click on the ad banner and then book your travel at the Cheapo Air website and you'll have the opportunity to enter that promo code for additional savings. Again, fightingforthefaith.com. Write down the promo code, click on the ad banner, and save money on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars today. Oi, Captain! We got ourselves a heretic! (laughs) And exactly how do ye know that she be a heretic? She be endorsing the health and wealth heresy. Does he be speaking the truth? Jesus died to make us rich. (laughs) And what exactly do we do with heretics? Oh, we throw them in the boo box. No, no, no. We preach the gospel to them. What if, um, the heretic doesn't repent? Then we throw them in the boo box. <laughs> to err is to heretic. To R is to pirate. Get yourself over to www.piratechristianradio.com forward slash Refermanda and purchase yourself a copy of the game Refermanda and join the fight for the faith today. Alright, we're back. Uh, warning, listening to Fighting for the Faith could cause you to become supremely dissatisfied with your prophetesses. Put those in air quotes, by the way. Feel like you're being nagged by them. Just a reminder, Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. That means we depend upon you and your generous gifts, financial contributions, in order to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to you into the world. And you can partner with us. It is a partnership. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. When you get there, you'll see our three friendly yellow buttons. One says donate. The other says join our crew. The other says become a patron. That's right. Become a patron. When you uh, join our crew... Uh, which is a great way to support us, by the way. You get to pick your rank in our crew, and rank is based upon your monthly commitment. Lowest rank is Powder Monkey at $9.95 a month. After that, Gunner's Mate at $24.95 a month. From there, Master Gunner at $49.95 a month. And then Quartermaster at $99.95 a month. After that, if you'd like to maybe become... A uh, patron on Patreon, rather than being a, a crew member, you can do that as well. Or you can make a one-time contribution by clicking on the Donate button um, and filling all of that out. Or you can do it the traditional way and make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith and then send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. 
And let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. Moving along, we've got to reset. This is a more of a Prophetic Holy Orders Network Information Exchange Syndicate update and uh, checking in with um, <clears throat> the false prophet and really slimy guy, uh, Charlie Shomp. But let's do this. Down at an English fair, one evening I was there. When I heard a showman shouting underneath the flare. I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. There they are standing in a row. Big one, small one, some as big as your head. Give them a twist, a flick of the wrist, that's what the showman said. I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. Every ball you throw will make me rich. There stands me wife, the idol of me life, singing roly bowl a ball, a penny a pitch. Singing roly bowl a ball, a penny a pitch. Singing roly bowl a ball, a penny a pitch. Roly bowl a ball, roly bowl a ball, singing roly bowl a ball, a penny a pitch. Yeah, that's right. Got a lovely bunch of coconuts. So heading over to uh, Destiny Encounters YouTube channel as we listen to uh, one of the recent prophecies, so-called, by uh, Charlie Shomp. And this guy, I mean, he's manipulating Revelation chapter 4. He's just utterly, abysmally mistreating 2 Kings 6 and 7. And this guy doesn't know Greek, but claims that he does. And he's adding definitions to Greek words that just don't exist. Uh, It's going to be a longer segment. Hang on to your hats. Here we go. Today, I'm going to be talking about a recent revelation that the Lord uh, gave to me. And I felt to come on and just bless you. So he claims he received a revelation from the Lord. And he felt that he needed to come on to YouTube and bless you with it. Yeah, this is a setup for manipulation. Say hello and pray for you today. Mm. That God would cause you to enter through the open door. God would cause me to enter through the open door. What are you talking about? Um, we've been discussing this yeah. on our Destiny Encounters partner page, closed group right here on Facebook. So if you're not a partner of the ministry, I would... Inc- if you'd like to join their closed group, yeah, they, they, you, you, you got to become a partner, financial partner. Now, I'm not joking. When I say that he's going to go on for 22 and a half minutes, 22 and a half minutes trying to convince people before he gives this word of the Lord to become a partner with him for his revivals and send him a thousand dollars and things like that. It's all in there in, you know, in the, in the next 22 minutes. I'm not going to cover that part, but if you wanted to go and listen to the, you know, watch the video, you could. You know, again, it's ascending through the open door. Prophet Charlie Shomp on the Destiny Encounters YouTube account. You can find the 22-minute-long pitch for you know sending money to him. Yeah, no joke. But we're fast-forwarding now to the uh, 2328 mark, as he's now going to give us this word that God, God placed it on his heart. You know, and so it's got to be true because you know the source of this is his heart. God placed this this revelation on his heart. You know, you, you wouldn't want to not listen to God because if God places something on someone's heart, 
Well, that means it's got to be true, right? No, that's not what that means at all. So here's the next part of this, and we'll, we'll, we're gonna, we're gonna work our way, no joke, <laughs> about 10 minutes of this, cause it just gets better. And if you want to grab a prophecy bingo card, you should, because <laughs> there are prophetic buzzwords just dinging throughout this whole thing. But, uh, here we go. Revelation chapter four, verse one says, after these things, I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. All right, now, that's what the text says. Let's take a look at it. Revelation chapter 4. Now, let, let's, uh, let's apply our three rules for sound biblical exegesis, which are context, context, and context. And you'll note that in the, in the uh, immediate chapters before chapter 4, that Christ himself uh, gives, basically, the Apostle John the command to write these particular things and then send them to the churches of seven churches of Asia, you know, Pergamon, Thyatira, Sardis, Smyrna, Laodicea, Philadelphia, Ephesus. I probably left one out, but uh, you, you, you get the idea. And so these are then letters that are written, you know, by the apostle John, by dictation, Christ, you know, said, write these things and then send them to the churches. And so the opening portion of the book of Revelation is these these epistles, the, these short little epistles that are written to each of these individual churches, and so you'll you'll get the idea. So for, I'll give you an example, like the 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 Church of Laodicea, known for being lukewarm, which is kind of an interesting play on words because um, there's there's something going on historically in Laodicea regarding lukewarm water that Jesus is kind of capitalizing on because they get that. But uh, So here's what Revelation 3 says, uh, verse 14. So to the angel of the church in Laodicea, write the words of the Amen, the faithful, the true and witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Oh, would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, but not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. So I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love I reprove and I discipline, so be zealous and repent. And this is one of the major themes that we see in these epistles is that Christ is calling these churches to repent of one thing or another. So, and then you get that famous text, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now that these epistles, and that's the last one, now that these epistles have been taken down uh, and you know they've been included in the book of Revelation, now comes a transition, a complete transition, and the scene changes. Um, this opening portion takes place at the Isle of Patmos. John is in exile. We're not sure exactly where he is. Uh, church history uh, tells us that he was in a cave or in a grotto, uh, you know, it, up one of the cliff faces in, in Patmos, not a very hospitable place to be exiled at the time. And, uh, and there was supposedly another 
uh, fellow with him. At least this is how church history tells us. But anyway, so the the revelation begins with uh, with John in the spirit on the Lord's day, and then he hears the voice of Christ from behind him, like the sound of many rushing waters, like a trumpet, and he turns around and he sees Jesus, you know, standing among seven golden lampstands. And, uh, you know, he's got stars in his hands. He's got a, and his, his face is shining like the sun. He's got a two-edged sword coming out of his mouth. And John falls down at his feet as though dead. And Christ assures him and says, you know, you know, fear not, fear not. You know, I was dead, but now I am alive. And I have the keys of death in Hades. This is what, how Christ, uh, you know, this is how it begins. So this is where the setting is. Now, in chapter 4, the setting changes altogether. And so after this, John says, I looked. And behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. And at once I was in the spirit and behold, a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. And he who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian. And around the throne was a rainbow that had uh, the appearance of an emerald. And around the throne were 24 thrones, and seated on the thrones were 24 elders, clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. Before the throne were the burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was, as it were, a sea of glass, like crystal, and around the throne on each side of the throne are the four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. And so the so what this is then is is that this is the transition from earth now. John is is seeing things in heaven, including the throne of Christ. So the idea of the door being open, he he looks and there's a door open up to heaven. Christ has come up here and immediately he's up there. So that's it. So it's basically a transition from earth to heaven as he now goes on to write down what it is that's revealed to him in this heavenly vision portion of the book of Revelation. That's what this is about. It's not about anything else. But watch what Charlie Shomp is going to do with this. The first voice, which I heard, was like a trumpet speaking to me, saying, Come up here. And I will show you things which must take place after this. This is this is um, John the beloved. He is he is on the Isle of Patmos. Yeah, and he has already received the revelation from the seven churches. He had heard the voice at the first moment, but now God is coming a second time, and He's coming, and He wants what? God is coming a second time. What? to cause him to enter into a new place i felt him he wants to cause him to enter into a new place if you have a prophecy bingo card you should already start being able to fill in some words here yeah that's not what is going on in the opening portion of revelation chapter four so notice now he's hijacked this text this is a biblical hijack going on right here this is worse than a carjacking and uh, and all of this is to basically somehow make what he's saying next sound like, oh, this is really from God. But what Charlie Shomp is really doing, remember the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments say, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. 
he is breaking that commandment. Spirit that we are again spiritually, revelatorily at a door or an opportunity that God is handing to the body. Yeah, let me grab my uh, eyeballs. They, they rolled out of my head onto the floor. That's just nonsense. This is utter gobbledy. Let me back this up. I want you to hear this again. Cause him to enter into a new place. I felt in my spirit that we are again spiritually, revelatorily at a door or an opportunity that God is handing to the body of Christ that we've been... Uh, we're at a door of opportunity. R really? Really? The, the, see, Revelation 4 has nothing to do with a door of opportunity. How did you get that? A place of transition. Some of you have been in the hallway, but you have not entered into the place and this new position that God wants to give to you. And in the book of Revelation, chapter 4, verse 1, the Lord began to highlight... I have it entered in the place of what? This is nonsense. ...to me, this word door, which is translated in... in yeah, it's the Greek word thura. Yeah, let's take a look at it real quick. So after this, I looked. So uh, meta tauta idon. So meta with the accusative is, is, um, is after. So after Tauta is this, Idon, I saw or I, or I looked and behold, Thura. And since it doesn't have the definite article, it's just Thura, it, behold, a door. It's not the door, it's a door. So behold, a door um, standing in the heaven. Yeah. Okay. So there it is. The, the uh, Greek word for door is Thura. And you know what it means? Let's take a look here. Thura. Let me make that a little bit bigger. My eyes are older. You know, so i not as not as able to see smaller print like when I was a younger whippersnapper. You know, oh, well. Anyway, Thura, door. It, it, it's what it means, door. Habitable quarters, uh, the open door, at the door. Yeah, these are all the different ways. Enter through the narrow door, the Thura. A passage for entering a structure, entrance, a doorway, or a gate. Um, and then uh, the last of the definitions. Uh, so a door-like opening of a cave, tomb. Um, and then uh, in John, uh, in John, Jesus calls himself uh, Hethura. I am the door, Jesus says. Ego mi Hethura, he says. So thus portraying himself as an opening that permits passage. So Jesus is the door. Now, you're not going to say that in Revelation 4, that, oh, well, see, Jesus, because he saw an open door, that Jesus is the door then. Yeah, you can't do that. Context always dictates how these things are used. So we can see what's going on in the text, but let's watch what uh, uh, Sleazeball Shop here is, is doing. Let me back this up and we continue. Give to you. And in the book of Revelation, chapter 4, verse 1, the Lord began to highlight to me this word door, which is translated. In now, that's important. Notice what he said. The, the Lord began to highlight to me. So there I was. I was reading Revelation chapter 4. And all of a sudden, I looked at the text. And, Whoa. The word door was highlighted. It was like glowing in the dark. You see, that's a sign that what I'm telling you is really from God. This is, this is all manipulation. The Lord began to highlight to me this word door, which is translated in, into the, um, it could also be translated from the Greek. 
to mean an entrance, a passage. But this word really struck me, an opportunity. Uh, yeah, that he's just playing word games here. Coming back to uh, BDAG, which um, is the definitive uh, Greek New Test, Koine Greek New Testament lexicon. Yeah, you'll note that uh, the uh, the Greek word thura here that opportunity is not one of the potential uh, definitions of the Greek word thura door opening. Yeah, structure, entrance, doorway, gate. Those are all the options here, but opportunity, yeah, no, that's not even one of the legitimate definitions at all. So what did what did Sleazeball do here? Sleazeball just added his own definition to the Greek word thura and did it in a really slick way to make it appear as if this is one of the real definitions of this Greek word. When it's not. Watch again how he does this. Door, which is translated in, into the, um, it could also be translated from the Greek to mean an entrance, a passage. But this word really struck me, an opportunity. Yeah, that's not one of the definitions. Opportunity is not one of the definitions. Now he's going to, he's trying to make it appear that that's one of the definitions of the Greek word thura. Although he didn't even he didn't even sound it out, and when we get a little later in here, wait till you see what he does. He makes a major blunder, which demonstrates that he does not know Greek at all. Somebody needs to type that in. Opportunity, because God is handing to us in this hour a divine opportunity. And all- no, he's not. You've hijacked Revelation chapter four, the opening verses. You've hijacked the word thura and poured into it a definition that doesn't exist. It's not one of its definitions. And now you're claiming that you're speaking for God, that God's giving us an opportunity because you've manipulated everything along the way to make it look like you're hearing from God. We've already definitively proven at this point, and we've got farther to go, you ain't hearing from God. You are literally engaging in a con job. In times when God begins to give us an opportunity, it seems impossible. But friends, if it wasn't God, then it would then we could do it on our own. But see, God is giving us this open door or this opportunity, but it's going to take faith to step through that open door. So many times we feel like God has put us in this position and there's no way that we can go back. And sometimes yeah, none of this has anything to do with Revelation chapter four. None of it This is nonsense. Feel like we can't move forward. And we feel stuck in the place that we're at. But friends, you need faith to step through this divine opportunity that God has given to you. If you stay where you're at, it's just like the, 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 the two leper, the, the men that had leprosy. They said, if we stay, if we go into this. Now he's hijacking another biblical story. And I don't have time in this installment to actually read that out. But let me show you where it is if you wanted to find it. If you go to 2 Kings Chapter 6, start at verse 24. You're going to hear about Ben-Hadad of Syria and his siege of uh, is of Israel. And, and, and Prophet Elijah is, is part of this story. Elisha is part of the story. So you're going to, you need 2 Kings 6, 24, and then you're going to keep reading 
into uh, chapter uh, 7 as well. And what he's doing is basically hijacking this text, again, to strip it for the things that are useful for him to make it appear that what he's saying is biblical, what he's saying is really from God. And he's he's manipulating the story horribly, is the best way I can put it. We're going to die. If we stay here, we're going to die. If we go into the camp of the enemy, then the only thing that we'll do is we'll be held captive. What they did not know is that the moment that they decided to stand up and walk into the opportunity that was being placed before them. The- oh, yeah. They stepped into the opportunity that was being placed before them. That's not in the text or the, in this account at all. He just stuck it in there treasure and the spoil was already set waiting for them and God had already wiped out their enemies. I want to prophesy to you right now that some of you have been moving out of fear when God wants to release faith to you to go into the enemy's camp because there's something in the camp. Yeah, this guy's slick. He's he's really slick, but he ain't saying nothing. It's, and notice he ain't pointing you to Jesus, calling you to repent of your sins. To be forgiven by the shed blood of Christ. Not even close. Of the enemy that God is going to deliver to you. And where you felt like you did not have strength in order to take or take on the enemy. God is by his power and by his grace going to wipe out your enemy. And he's going to cause you to receive. Right, right. God's going to wipe out my enemy because you've manipulated Second Kings chapter 6 and 7. Really? I don't think so. That's not how that works. The spoil, and you are going to be. Why we talk about the enemy that Christ has already defeated on the cross and by his victorious resurrection from the grave? Why we talk about that? Pioneer in this hour to go back and say, look, the enemy has already been destroyed. He's already been defeated. He's already been silenced. And now the spoil, the enemy is given to us. And you are going to cause others that have not entered in that are starving in the city. In I'm going to cause others who are starving in the city. There. <laughs> Let's just kind of put it this way. Starvation is not a big thing here in Grand Forks, North Dakota, where I'm presently residing. Place of confinement that are afraid to enter into the door through that door or that passage. You are going to cause faith to be sparked because you're a pioneer and you're going to cause them to. By the way, by the way, pioneer. In the New Apostolic Reformation, in the NAR. But don't tell Michael Brown this because he doesn't believe it exists. But in the NAR, the word pioneer is synonymous with apostle. Yeah. To go through the path that you've already trailblazed. God is looking for this hour some trailblazers, some miracle workers. What? Really? Uh huh. Total manipulation. Oh, maybe it's me. Maybe God's calling me to be a pioneer and a trailblazer. Ooh, I knew I was important. People that are carrying the faith and the power of the Holy Spirit that are not afraid to challenge the enemy because while they know they can't go back to where they've been, they also know they can't stay where they're at right now. And even if it's just a mustard seed of faith that they feel like, well, I'll just be captured, they still know that pressure. Do you feel like you're going to be captured? 
Yeah, total manipulation of Second Kings six and seven. Forward is better than dying where you're at. I'll tell you something, friend. You can't die where you're at. God. Oh, I most certainly could. Yeah, death is a real possibility any day of the week. Yeah, just saying. Wants to cause you to rise up and begin to walk into the very promise. And as you walk into the promise, the presence of God is going to meet you there. And so as I walk into the promise, the presence of God will meet me there. But I got to walk into the promise first. You got to walk in that promise, man. Again, this is not at all what that text means in Second Kings 6 and 7. Enemies are going to be destroyed. And here he is. Here is John on the Isle of Patmos, and he is in a place of confinement. He's on an island. but he... We're back to the book of Revelation. There's, there's John, man. He's in a place of confinement, man. And he needs an opportunity. And so that door is going to give him an opportunity. He's got to, by faith, step into it, man. Notice when I read out Revelation 4, there was no, John didn't step into the opportunity by faith. The Bible says that he looked. He now, looked. We're going to back this up. I want you to pay attention to what he's going to say here because he's going to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt he don't know Greek. Let me back this up. Here we go again. Are going to be destroyed. And here he is. Here is John on the Isle of Patmos, and he is in a place of confinement. He's on an island. But yet the Bible says that he looked. He looked and see, Paul said this. He said, look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. That is not a valid cross reference for Revelation 4, 1 and 2. No, it ain't. Yeah. The things which are seen are temporary. The things which are unseen are eternal. Too many times we have our eyes on what we can see when God has called us to see above, to live above, to go above, to begin to know. See, see God's calling you to see above. Yeah. This is nonsense. None of this is even biblical. It doesn't make any sense. He's He's great at just grammatical manipulation hijacking biblical phrases and then malleably forming them into whatever doctrine he's trying to form for himself here look with our natural eye but our eyes of our heart or our spirit to be open because there's something that's waiting in the unseen that when we see it we can have it this what so something in the spirit of the unseen and when we see it we can have it no text teaches that Word look here is a word in the Greek. It's called edu. No, it's not. Let me back that up. So let me show you what he did here. Hang on. The unseen that when we see it, we can have it. This word look here is a word in the Greek. It's called edu. No, it's not. Yeah. So edu means behold. That's what it means. Let me show you it back in the text. Revelation chapter 4. Metatata idon, idon, to see. Idon is to see, to look. Edu, by the way. So, metatata idon. After this, I saw, I looked. And kai edu, edu, behold a door standing in heaven. Yeah. 
See, the, the verb here to see is idon. Edu is behold. He just said the word for look is edu. He doesn't know Greek. He just totally biffed that. Let me show you in BDAG, by the way, if you're wondering. Edu, prompter of attention. Behold, see. All right? It's And you could say look, but it's not look as in I'm seeing. It's look as in look, behold, behold. But so he's he's doesn't know Greek at all. He's, so he's he's miss missed the whole point here. Let me back this up again so you can see this. In the unseen, that when we see it, we can have it. This word "look" here is a word in the Greek. It's called "edu." "Edu" is supernatural revelation, and no, it's not. "Edu" is not supernatural revelation. It's behold. See, look, okay, he's totally just making up his own definitions here. And and I'm writing about this. I'm going to have a book on this, but it's super. You're writing a book on this when you clearly don't know Greek. That ain't going to help you. Natural revelatory knowledge. It's not looking it with your natural eyes. It's looking in the realm of the spirit and receiving. All right, let's see if that if that's what Edu means. Because, you know, he clearly doesn't know what he's talking. He's just making stuff up. By introducing a new or unusual, in order to introduce new, which calls for special attention in the situation generally described with other constructions, introducing whole stories in the middle of a statement, at the same time enlivening it. Marker of strong emphasis. Behold! That's what's going on here. A noun with a finite verb as a colloquial C. What do you know of all things? Uh, that's it. There's nothing here about supernatural revelatory nothing. That ain't what you do mean. This guy is, a, like I said, he's a sleazeball. He's a con artist. He's a charlatan. And he is breaking the commandment that says, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. He is taking God's name in vain and making statements for God that not only is God never made, not made, isn't making, He is demonstrating by just the words spewing from his mouth. He doesn't know what he's talking about, and he's trying to make it look like he knows what he's talking about. But anybody who studied Greek and knows how to translate it would be able to spot him for the tin penny quackpot that he is. Quackpot is... Anyway, yeah, it's, it, 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 it's supposed to be crackpot, but I like that phrase, quackpot. He's a quackpot. Yes, yes. So let's uh, keep going. Information out of the revelatory realm, pulling it down into our spirit, and then beginning to behold that which God has delivered to us. Yeah, that's not what Edu means. Let me back that up just a little bit so you can hear him waxing eloquent about, uh, about his own definition of Edu. Revelation. And, and I'm writing about this. I'm going to have a book on this. But it's supernatural revelatory knowledge. It's no, not it looking it with your natural eyes. It's looking in the realm of the spirit and receiving information out of the revelatory realm, pulling it down into our spirit, and then beginning to behold that which God has delivered to us. And so he began to look, he began to see an open door, a divine opportunity. Yeah, note again, he thinks that the word looked, he began to see that he thinks that's Edu, that's Idon. Behold was the emphasis there, and uh, he 
Wow. There are things inside of your spirit that God has already given to you. You know that they're there. You know that they're in there. You don't need another prophet to prophesy to you. You don't need anything else. Uh, you, you already have the revelatory information because you've been in a place of prayer. You realize that the days of old are over. The place where you're at is too small. And so now you're standing in this transitional period, but you're about to enter into the open door. I uh, guy's slick, but but he he he's a sleazeball. Man, this guy is just sleazy as they get. Told you at the beginning of the year that 2019 is a year of transition. So many transition, by the way, is one of our prophecy bingo words are being repositioned for what God is going to do in this next decade. And if you stay where you're at, you will miss what God has for you. If you stay in the place of fear and you stay in the place of confinement, you will sink down and you will miss where God wants to take you. I, I, I will. I told you at the beginning of the year that God is going to reposition you spiritually. And he is. What does that even mean? Some of you, even geographically, and God is going to begin to move you even into different cities, different places. And you say, well, I feel uncomfortable even in the geographical location where I'm at. And, and like I said, this guy's part fortune teller. This is fortune telling. This isn't prophecy. God's been and you'll note, this is a prophecy onesie. This is one size fits all prophecy. Be about moving. I have it in my spirit, man, to do it, but I'm afraid because I don't know what the future beholds. If you've been that way, I want you to type in yes right now. <laughs> been what way? You you did you, you describe something so vague it practically applies to almost everybody. Because I'm going to pray for you because God's going to break that spirit of fear off of you. And oh, no, a spirit of fear, folks. They're, they're, they're terrible, man. A move into the place. Some of the place that you, God has called you to. Some of you, God has been speaking to about starting that business. About Here we go again. Fortune telling. Oh, yeah. God's been talking to me about starting that business. And after that promotion, some of you are working a nine to five job and God's been talking to you about starting a business. But see, you're afraid because you've been in this, you're been in this place of familiarity. It's confinement, but you get, but, and, and, but you don't feel satisfied in your spirit, but also in the natural, you don't want to move and step out. Friend, it's time to break the shackles of fear and step out in the place where God has called you to do. It's time to start that business. It's time to, time to start the business, man, because sleazeball shunt has said so. Uh-huh, right. Go after that. You do. See, you got to step into the supernatural sight, the look and, yeah, nonsense. It's time to move into what God has called you to do. And you can't stay silent in this hour. You got to make a decision that I'm. You got to make a decision, man. What are you waiting for? Go forth into the presence of God. I'm going to go forth by faith into the things of the spirit. Yeah, that's a manipulation technique, too. And, and I told I told the, I told our partners, I said, listen to me, listen to me. So many people. 
are waiting for a prophet or a prophetic word to frame up what God has called them to do. Friend, prophecy is never revelatory in Prophecy is never revelatory. Okay. Sense of new information, it is always... Do you get the feeling he's just making stuff up as he's going, like, right now he's like, just, you know, he's just, he's just doing a, a solo here, you know, just riffing and just, you know, making up his own stuff as he goes along. Confirmation, edification, and exhortation. In other words, if a prophet comes to you and releases a prophetic word, it should only be that which is confirming inside of your spirit. What? What text says that? Because if it's not in your spirit, then how can it be birthed? like I need to make t-shirts with some of these weird statements, you know. If a prophecy isn't confirmed in your spirit, then how can it be birthed? Charlie Shomp, you know. <laughs> Just, okay, yeah, I think you get the point. Um, yeah, he, he's a con man, and he's a slick one, but he's as sleazy as they get. He doesn't know Greek. He's not teaching you anything truthful about what God's word really says and what it really reveals and what what really to do and really to believe. He's basically filling your head with nonsense, making you feel like you're you're super de duper special and you're going to birth something amazing and oh now there's a door a thura of opportunity because you know udu edu you behold you can see into the spirit and stuff. This guy's just making stuff up. And none of this is biblical Christianity. And sadly, there are a lot of people who fall for men like Charlie Shomp and think that this is a man of God. He's not a man of God. The devil is a liar. And when he's lying, he's speaking his native language. This guy speaks fluent, demonic language. He's quite skilled. In fact, there's no accent at all. He speaks it fluently. He's a liar, just like the devil. And he's not teaching you anything that's even remotely true regarding who God is, what he's done for us, what we are to believe, what we are to confess, and how we are to walk out our faith in our lives. None of that is is coming from this guy's mouth. Avoid him like the plague. So what'd you think? Hopefully you found this helpful, at least in a teaching and warning kind of capacity. So good to be back uh, on the pad on the podcast. So if you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com, or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Christian. Follow me on Twitter. My name there, at Christian. Till tomorrow, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ's vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen.